discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Hello, world, and welcome to the only podcast that Richard Branson listened to in space, the Gadcast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host, Travis M.C.P. Space travel. What's going on, everybody? Oh, I stop. I keep messing. I keep stepping on I, Justine, because I forget. Can you play that part again? Is that, do you have that separate or no? Yeah, I can get that for you separate. We can, yeah, uh, we'll do that. There we go. I love it. I Justine with the space travel. We love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So lots to talk about today. Um, some just kind of, uh, you know, semi-personal stuff and then uh, tech stuff. And we hope that you enjoyed last week's episode where I think we talked kind of, well, we talked about a lot of things last week. You know, Yeah, what I mean? we did. We managed to pull a show together during <clears throat> this, uh, you know, what some people would call a news drought is, a, yeah. you know, I think the term for it. It's uh, been terrible. <clears throat> It's the summer. I mean, I feel like I face this every summer where it's like, it's a couple slow months, but in a couple of weeks, we'll be back to the mayhem of like September and trying to get all this stuff going together. And in a lot of ways, it is kind of nice to like sit back and relax. But while you're in the drought, you kind of can't appreciate it because you're like, oh, I need to talk about something. And then it's like once like the content starts hitting in the fall, you you know, once, you know, Samsung is going to have like their event in August and it's going to after that, it's just going to be like nonstop until January. And then January yeah. is one of the most depressing yeah. months for content creators everywhere. Yeah. January, it can be pretty bad. Of course, I think this is worse because at least January has CES and stuff. And if you yeah. really want to step outside your niche, you got some cool stuff. But for me, this has been the long, not only that, but the longest drought of uh, not putting videos up. I think I've put up one video in the last like maybe seven or eight weeks. I mean, it's it's terrible, but that's that's more for me like on a, like a, <coughs> excuse me, plus I'm getting over cold, which is terrible. Oh, no. Haven't been sick in two years. So it's the first time in a long time. I don't know. Um, but I think um, for me, uh, you know, I've just been struggling with some stuff, so it's been a while before I've been able to put out consistent content. I'm hoping to start putting out some consistent content. Someone asked me in the chat here, so if you're listening to the audio podcast, of course, like we always tell you, we also do a live stream on YouTube, or actually on a lot of different places, Twitter, YouTube, everything right now, but um, someone was asking about something that I posted on my community tab, so yeah, um, I am going to be hopefully starting to post again real soon. I want to shoot something. If I hadn't gotten this cold a couple of days ago, Greg, like, first of all, Cold suck. It's been so long since I've had one because I've been just at home yeah. that I almost forgot what it's like to get one, which is terrible. I hate them. Uh, but it knocked me out enough that I, you know, while I was kind of intending to shoot some stuff the past day or so, I have not been able to. So hopefully I recover and in the next day or so I can start shooting again. But uh, I kind of announced on my community tab that I'm going to do a couple of um, Amazon Renewed videos, which uh, some people really like. I haven't done those in a while. The return um, of Amazon Renewed. Yeah, and then I, I have, I think, one thing I got to do for a sponsor or something, but um, or maybe two things. But I, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm excited to come back. I think the biggest thing about this is I look at, like, you, Greg, to tell me, like, what's going on while I was gone. And I just know that views are down. So it was, and then when I did the one video a couple of weeks ago and it bombed, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not excited to come back to this. It, you know, if if I was out, you know, kind of dealing with what I was dealing with and then... 
I put a video up and it took off, then I might be like, oh my gosh, let me jump onto that. Let me jump back in here. But it was like, it's just as bad there as everywhere else. It's like nothing good is happening, but you keep grinding stuff out. So I, you know, I got to take my hat off to you that, um, despite what, you know, some people are saying were really bad views. I mean, you generally speaking, I'm doing okay, but, um, some people are really struggling. Well, you know, to be fair, uh, my okay might is still like a struggle to where I would be probably a few months ago because I have been on, I have been struggling for a while with views and I try not to focus on it. I know it's more of like a time of year thing. I know like, uh, you know, sometimes the excitement just isn't there for certain products um, and you're just in like a bad news cycle. Um, But I will say my last video did really well, kind of got me out of a slump, but I will say the video I did just before that on the iPad mini, uh, Man, I haven't seen views like that low, like for that initial like ramp up into like releasing mm-hmm. the video in like a really long time. Like we're talking mm-hmm. like, you know, YouTube behind the scenes thing. Like it was like 600 views in the first hour, Travis, which, you know, oh. at like my level is like, wait, wait, wait. Yikes. That's like that's like Greg from two years ago. What are we doing here? So it's it's been slow for everyone. I seen like Gary, the everyday dad, complain about it. I seen Renee Ritchie complain about it. So I've seen a lot of people, Luke Miani, even people who make like better content than me. So I can't blame myself. You know what I mean? Like if everyone else is doing fine, then I'd be like, Oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Why does everyone hate me all of a sudden? But I know it's just, it's just the general slump of YouTube. I think also, you know, uh, we were in, I think we talked about this last week, like an artificial boost of like, Hey, you know, everyone's kind Mm -hmm. of inside. No one's really going out places. People aren't meeting up. And we kind of got like an artificial boost of people staying at home, probably watching more content and people needing to actually, you know, maybe more people than normal actually looking up reviews on technology because there was huge influxes of technology purchases, especially in the laptop and and desktop world. And I think that was a huge artificial boost that maybe maybe a lot of content creators won't see this year coming forward. And I also Mm -hmm. think um, there's a lot of pent up demand a lot a lot of places have like reopened and stuff like that in america and i think there's definitely a lot of people who are probably meeting up with friends or just going out on like you know saturday sunday kind of thing or you know just not being at home not necessarily watching youtube content yeah and you know we'll see what happens like first of all i was kind of surprised at that you know, iPad mini video didn't do well because as you know that's actually the ipad i'm kind of excited yeah, for. yeah 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 and I thought uh, there'd be like a lot of hype around it, especially with all the recent rumors that, hey, it is going to get that full, you know, pro read. We talked about it on Gadgetcast. It was a big story. Yeah. Like, oh, that's going to be yeah. awesome. I, I'm that's the that's the iPad I'm excited for. I, I actually I want to bring something else up. Something else we talked about um, last week were the car trading things. So yes. I decided to do a little research. Turns out it's true, and in true in some really interesting ways. The car that I bought it's a 2016. Um, Jeep Cherokee Limited that I think I got in 2016 or 2017. I didn't buy it new. I bought it, uh, I, only, I think it only had like 30,000 miles or something on it, but it was the year that I bought it. So it was 2016. I think I bought it in 2016. I I, I seem to remember paying like like 18,000 or 17,000 for it, something around there, right? I think my trade-in for it is $16,000 five years later with 70,000 miles. Think about That's that. Crazy. I only lost like $2,000 worth of that's incredible when it comes to cars. So I'm kind of looking at a vehicle right now, which I should not do because I don't really drive <laughs> anywhere, but I'm kind of in love with it. And there's two pieces of tech in it that really make me want it, which is the dumbest thing. One is it has a built-in wireless car charge, wireless charger for your phone. 
I mean, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, Apple Apple Car or a CarPlay, and which is dumb because like it, you literally can just put your phone up and kind of get the same stuff. But I like the idea of it going into my car and you can do it wirelessly. And I think that's so cool. And I love tech and I love and getting a new car. This has been five years. It's why not? Right. Why not treat myself? But I'm not going anywhere. I'm not driving very many places. It's kind of a it would be a dumb purchase, but I'm feeling kind of dumb, Greg. I'm feeling kind of dumb. Here's the thing. You buy all types of like stuff for your Apple reviews. Mm -hmm. Like you have to buy all the computers and everything. I don't. So the amount of money you've spent on computers and stuff this year is about what I would spend on this car. So I'm kind of <laughs> like, hmm. I, I don't make as much as Greg does in my videos, but he, I, I look at it like this. I can drive. My, I don't know if you can drive that iMac that you got, though. I don't know if you can drive that anywhere. Hey, you know, uh, that would hmm. be the video of the year. I'll be driving my iMac around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know. I think normally I would tell you the best advice is obviously don't do like don't do it with a car like you know your car really isn't that old and then seventy thousand miles cars last like a long time nowadays, yeah. Uh, but with this like crazy historic like recent I you know I thought maybe we'd get on Gadgetcast this week it would slow down a bit I you know this morning I just saw another news article pop up about how hard it is to get a car right now even used cars. Yeah. And the prices for them don't seem to be going down quite yet. So any other time, I'd probably tell you, nah, it seems kind of foolish. But yeah, like if, you know, 70,000 miles, like for modern car, it's kind of low, but it's also starting to get up there. So why well, not take advantage of the situation? The thing is, is worth the car now is worth probably almost twice what it would be worth normally. Mm-hmm. Like normally, if this was five years later with that many miles, it'd probably be about 10,000, maybe a little bit less than $10,000. The fact that I can get $16,000 trade, I mean, I can get something pimp and, uh, you know, I, I don't, but yeah, I don't need it. I, I like the fact it's paid off. I don't have any monthly payments, but I, I'm gonna tell you all the technology and stuff that are in some of these cars and the adaptive cruise control and these things that I've never heard of before. I'm like, I kind of want that. I kind of want it. If you can really like trade it in and it's like you can just spend $2,000 and not have like a car payment, I would say go for it. If you've done like all the math and it really is just going to be like, hey, it's $2,000 more. You're right. It's like, oh, it's like that's like buying like a computer for. for no, no, it, it, it's going to be a lot of money, Greg. It's. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is my trade in is good. I would it for the for the car that I want, for the thing that I want. Like, oh, yeah, going, I mean, going up there. I mean, I'm blowing out. I'm blowing out a lot. If I, I'll, I'll tell you maybe after I educate. Maybe I'll tell you after Gadget Cast. It's, it's <laughs> a dumb right. amount of money. You're going to look at me and go, like, what are you doing? Do you need this? I misunderstood. No. I misunderstood. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's not a good purchase. Anyway, back to what we were talking you about. Do we were talking? You shouldn't do it. No, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I'll decide for you. No. <laughs> but I, I, I suppose to call the guy back after Gadget Cast, though. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Greg. I don't uh, know. No, I already don't saw talk, it. Don't talk to him. Don't I already saw him. it. No, I don't know what to do. If you talk to him, it's over. You'll be in that car, like, tonight, and you'll be like, oh. I got it. I'm already looking up dash cams and stuff that I'd have to buy for it. I got a, a colder stuff coming in, and I know, dude, I'm already preparing. It's sad. It's, okay, it's not gonna be what, good. Yeah, let's. Okay, but what were we talking about? What were we talking about? <clears throat> <laughs> we were talking about how slow it was, and then uh, cars, and then now cars, we're here. Yeah. We're caught up. We're caught up into the caught show, uh, so we could talk about new stuff. Did you see any new stuff this week, Travis? Did you see anything? You said you weren't tuned into the tech news. Have you seen the stream deck? I need to know if you've seen yeah. the stream deck. So, yeah, I did. Obviously, I have I have um, both the regular size stream deck and the XL. Uh, no, 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 no. 
Or, oh, you mean the, Sorry, the gaming the Steam thing. Deck. See, I, I keep getting them confused, yeah. too. I'm like, Stream Deck, because they were announced on the same day, the new Stream Deck and the new yeah. Steam Deck. Why, why are you telling us about, well, Elgato announced a bunch of stuff, too. So let's start with yeah. the Steam, uh, the okay. Stream Deck. Jeez. Yeah. So I did look into that a little bit. Um, I think I had, did I watch Digital Foundry or something? I can't remember exactly. I watched someone uh, do like a review, kind of a, a mock-up. But why don't you just go ahead real quick and explain what it is, and then I'll give my little take while I look for where Nathan's doing for the Steam Deck, it is a portable PC in like a Nintendo Switch form factor. And defaultly, it has what is called Steam OS. If you uh, play PC games, that's the Steam Store. And it's kind of optimized for the Steam Deck. Again, this kind of looks like a, like a bigger version of the Nintendo Switch. And basically, Valve is promising that, like, unlike like a lot of other companies, they're going to ship Steam OS on it to give you like an easy experience out of the gate. But they are claiming that you can like load any operating system onto this. So if you want it to put Windows on the on the Steam Deck, you could just put Windows on the Steam Deck and like play any game, which is what I'm kind of interested in doing because I was just talking last week about Xbox Game Pass being like everywhere and how I want to get a PC for Xbox Game Pass specifically. I need to know if I could just get uh, the Steam Deck to run all the Xbox Game Pass games, and I think I'll, I'll, I'm going to be very happy with that. Well, it's so like technically it can PC. for a lot because a lot of those are streaming on browser anyway. So I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, no, you can, you can, and it's like it, it's an interesting product. I really don't think it's going to like do well given uh, Valve's history of like how they support hardware devices. Valve has been trying to do kind of like a console for a really long time. They've even released like their own special controller and it just like never took off. They had like um, uh, these like little, they had like Steam consoles that I think like you could like certify. I don't know if they ever built their own, but they had like one that you could like stream to. So you'd have a PC you'd buy this Steam system, plug it into your TV and stream too. They discontinued that and they were like selling for like $5 at one point, like trying to just like get them out there. So the fact that Valve is now building like a portable Switch console, I have no faith that this thing will actually be supported in the long run, which is why I'm glad that they said it's like completely open and if you want to install like regular Windows on it, you're free to do that um, because I just have no faith that Valve will keep this supported for two years like i really well, don't think this is going anywhere well that's a really interesting take uh they, I, and i kind yeah. of agree with you in that they have not supported hardware very well but by the same token like what were they doing as a controller this is something a little bit different which i think also does necessitate a higher level of support like actual it, technical support it does and it should again um i just don't have any faith in them based on you know, I guess the biggest product that they've released, which you could compare this to, and they have supported it and they continue to update and sell more of, is uh, their VR rig with uh, HTC, mm. the Vive. Right. So right. I guess you can look at that and go, okay, they are going to support something like this, something that's a little bit, yeah, more consequential than a controller. Uh, but again, I, I, you know, I try and look at the history of these companies, and it's like whenever Google launches a new service, I am looking at that service and going, are you going to be yeah. here in three years? Possibly not. Well, I, I didn't even know you could. I actually think I thought at first that Windows was on this thing. So it's interesting to me that they're like, yeah, you can install Windows. And I was like, well, that's actually kind of what I thought was going to be on there anyway. You know what I mean? Like I kind yeah. of assumed that. So it's funny to me that um, 
that that's like, oh yeah, you can do this. I'd be like, well, yeah, if it has all this hardware and all this support, I would hope that's the case. Like, let's not fool around here. I'm glad you're allowing us to do that. But and also, how hard is that going to be? Is it going to be an easy process? But it does make it an interesting piece of hardware if you can put like full on Windows on. That means you can do a lot of things with it. And we're going to see some yeah. really cool. Oh, yeah. Why don't you share the screen? Because this will give people a visual representation of what we're talking about. So yeah, if this you're watching YouTube, definitely yeah. you'll see this. Yeah. So, um, so it does look like a switch. It um, has the, the screen in the middle. It's OLED, I think, right? You know what? I don't actually or know that. I, or maybe I it's LCD. It. Let's see. Do they have anything? So $400 is the base price for 64 gigs, which means you don't buy that one. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, and then... And then the screens, things get better as you pay more. 529 for the 256 gig, but that's NVMe versus eMMC for the 64. And then MVMe SSD at the 649 plus an anti-glare etched glass and some other things. So not only, the, the nice thing about this is when the prices go up, it's not just storage. They're actually making the hardware better. And you don't normally that's see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't normally see that. I pre-ordered one of these, honestly. So... I actually went for the top tier model because I thought the the base one, as you said, was kind of like, yeah, you really don't want that with the eMMC. That's like that's like really slow compared to NVMe and 64 gigabytes. Like I know you can actually put like an SD card in here, so I guess you could just expand the storage that way. But I feel like I would want more storage. And then when you get to that $529 price point, I felt like just doubling the storage for basically about $100 more made more sense to me rather than having to rely on making sure like I go get like an SD card right away. So I just went all out with it. Um, yeah. You almost have to with something like this. I feel yeah. like if you don't, then the you're best probably going to experience, you're going to get a subpar experience. You're going to be like, I don't know why I did this in the first place. So that $400 entry price, I, I you know, for people who buy that, I wonder what they're really going to think, you know, versus the six, four, even five twenty nine is probably going to be okay too. But I think really you just want to, you want to go with the 649 version for the storage and everything else. Because, first of all, 64 gigs, how does that work? What is that, like half a game? Most game, I mean, like, Call of Duty is like 100 and something gigs, isn't it? I think I think you would just, yeah, you would be dependent on making sure you get an SD card uh, to, to run these games. But um, SD cards really aren't that fast, most of them. Right. Like, I think you're looking at, like, max. I don't know what the reader is on it. I think you're looking at, like max like 300 read write speed on like the sd right. card right and even like compared to like an nvme that is considered pretty slow and uh one of the things i like about these next generation systems is how fast they load games and if you want that same experience on the steam deck you're gonna have to go for the nvme stuff and i think that's probably going to be the best experience. even 512 like honestly on any modern uh gaming platform it's not it's not too many games if you're playing triple a games like if you're lucky, I'm guessing you get like five to six games on device. Uh, yeah. Who even knows how much the uh, operating system and all that takes up. So it's not a ton of storage, uh, but it's an interesting device. I really like the Nintendo Switch and the idea of now, you know, no one's had like they did like a preview of it, playing it. Um, the idea of like being able to go into like the PC library and just play any game portably uh that sounds like something that's really compelling to me because that is a ton a ton of games like i like playing like older games too so going back and playing like older games even like just like on the go and like you know if i'm traveling or something like that um i i'm actually really excited to try this out it, but in a strange way i bought this having 
zero faith in this product. Like I don't expect it to do well. I feel like it's a device that appeals to a very select group of people. I guess the biggest thing that it has going for it is that it's already just relying on the PC platform. The thing only the screen on it is only a 720p screen. So even when you consider the hardware that's in it, even if it's underpowered, the fact that if you're playing it portably, that you only have to use a 720p resolution means that maybe you can push this thing actually pretty high on the graphic settings. Right. Uh, because, you know, the the second you start going into 1080 and especially 4K content on gaming stuff, that's when it really starts to slow it down and starts to chug at the performance. So I, I kind of I kind of have high hopes for this thing personally. I don't think it's going to be, as some people might have said, like a Nintendo Switch like killer. Like I think this is its own thing. I think it's gonna be very niche. I don't think it's gonna sell in huge numbers. Maybe it's a successful thing for Valve, considering they never really released their own gaming thing before. And they're more of they're kind of like a smaller company in that way. Um but I don't think it's going to sell like Nintendo Switch numbers, which is like no. just a crazy success. No, it's a different it's a different yeah. uh, segment. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think they'll probably sell out of their first initial batch, which isn't saying much because. Oh, no doubt. The pre-order process for this was awful. One of the worst things I've had to pre-order ever. You've had mm. you had to have and they kind of did the smart. You had to have a Steam account and you had to actually like have made the account like a couple months ago. So not oh. in preparation for this. And you also had to purchase a game on it. So they were giving oh. these first reservations to people who actually use Steam, which I did appreciate. I was like, okay, that's that's nice. Cause you know a lot of a lot of scalpers who have never played a PC game before in their life would have made a Steam account and just try to pre-order this thing right away. I like that. So they at least they tried something that some of these other companies need to consider. Um because, you know, there's so many scalper problems and stuff. So I like that, that they kind of out try to outthink the scalpers. Doesn't mean it's going to completely stop scalpers. But, you know, listen, it um, at least gives you an opportunity to possibly, um, possibly, you know, weed them out a little bit. Doesn't this look like, um, what was that old Sega? You remember the Sega used to have yeah, like I a had portable? That game yeah. Like, I had it. Right? Like, doesn't it? It looks like something like that to me. Like it, It's a little bit wider and stuff, but I, I know I used to have the Game Gear. I loved it. But yeah, it wasn't. You know, all control, all kind of portable systems always feel like there's some type of thing they're giving up in some yeah. way. Like you always feel like there's some kind of compromise. This, I think, is trying to be as little compromise as possible because, it's, you know, it's basically PC hardware and all this other stuff. But, you know, ultimately, if you're really a computer gamer, you're probably playing on your computer. So I almost don't see the point of this uh, unless, like, you really need to game on the go. Like how... How much do you need to game on the go? If you're really trying to be up on your games, more than likely you're doing it at home. Uh, if you're on the go and you're this serious about games, you're probably coming home pretty quickly. I don't know. I just feel like it is um, it is a weird little thing. We'll see what happens. I, I like technology like this, so I'm kind of I'm kind of hyped about it, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I <clears> like <throat> it too. And uh, but I I'm, I agree with you. That's why I don't think it'll be successful. Something like the Nintendo Switch, it's pretty clear that they're you know it's a Nintendo console number one, and it's the only one they make right now, and it goes into the TV easily, and they sell that accessory right with it. So it's still it's still very much a home console that you come home and play. But the Nintendo Switch is also targeted towards kids, so kids do need to bring these games portably with them because kids want to be playing games like 
if, wherever they are. They want to be playing it on the car ride trips, like in a long trip. When you're an adult, you don't really do that kind of stuff anymore. So the Nintendo Switch makes sense. They have a store presence, right? So if you go into a store, you're going to see a Nintendo Switch. You're going to see all the games there. Um, I don't think we're going to see Steam Deck really in too many like big retail stores. Maybe it'll be at like Best Buy. But uh, I, I don't know where else you might see this kind of kind of system. Yeah. And then PC games are all digital. So you don't even have like a Nintendo Switch. You can still buy a physical game. So that's very easy for parents to go in, get the Switch, buy games for their kids. Uh, something like this. I don't know if a kid's like clamoring going, oh, I need the Steam Deck, you know? Mm. So it's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it would be interesting if Apple did something like this. Yeah, but I feel like if... A I, I just feel like Apple would need to make like an accessory for their phones and that's it. An accessory for the yeah. phones and the iPads, like just something to put on the sides with controllers, first party, put like smart connectors on the side, make it like as elegant as using the uh, magic keyboard on the iPad. They don't need to make dedicated hardware. They got the hardware. They just need a better controller for those things that fits in like a... Can you imagine if Apple just made like an insert like this and you put your phone in it and it was just like really nice hardware like that? That would be it, right? Like they would dominate. I like I feel like Apple's strategy to win gaming like this kind of gaming is really easy for them because the phones are powerful enough at this point. The A14 chip like graphically, it is a monster and it's only going to get like even more powerful. Um, the, like if they like Apple put like an insert like this, put a fan like maybe behind it to like even like cool the phone off more to keep the performance there. I just don't know if they'd ever make a device like that. I don't know. I they, I feel like their head just isn't in that space to make like dedicated gaming hardware for whatever reason. I feel like it's an obvious moneymaker for them. Why not do it? But Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know that we're going to see that from them, but um, it is an interesting piece of hardware. Uh, that we wanted to make sure you guys and gals know about. Now, the other stuff is more for creators, so I don't know that we need to spend too much time on this. Um, the Elgato uh, company, which is owned by Logitech, has a bunch of things. Like if you look at our um, our YouTube channel and watch some of our streams, you'll notice um, that some of the lights and things that we use in, in uh, Stream Deck and stuff that we use are, they're just tools that creators use to make things easier. And they came out with some new hardware. It's funny though, because the, the new Stream Deck, which is a, you know, has a little OLED um, kind of um, buttons and stuff, configurable. I have that in the in the XL. Stream Deck this time. Now, not Steam Deck. So we're doing talking about something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's The thing about this is it reminds me of the, what we talked about the Nintendo Switch from last week. Like, there's almost not much of any change to this new Stream Deck. It does, there's like a removable face plate, but I don't know that there's any other difference. I think I watched uh, another video. So it's, it almost seems like some companies are desperate to put out a new product, but there's no kind of innovation behind most of them. They're just like a refresh. And I don't understand what the point is. So this is kind of like the second company that's done this in a row. And I, and I just don't get it. Do you, what, do, what do you think, Greg? I mean, did you get a chance to look at this at all? <clears throat> yeah, I looked at all the, again, I'm a big Elgato fan. I got yeah. the uh, that little arm mount. My camera's on that right now. I got a light to my side that's Elgato. The green screen behind me is one of those Elgato collapsible green screen. I'm a huge fan of all their stuff. Did you see the microphone arm they announced too? I was kind of like thinking, like, uh, that kind of looks cool. I think so. I Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that. Now, the yeah. last time, that oh, that one arm, that one camera arm you, you had, I, I've been trying, I tried to get forever and I never could get it. So I'm afraid that that's something else that'll sell out. That microphone, Martin, I am kind of curious about. 
I might get it. And yeah, I, I was kind of like, I was like, I wanted to think about it more. And I'm just like looking at him like, this thing's going to sell in like two seconds if I don't get it. I still didn't pull the trigger because, you know, it's like $100. My mic arm works fine. Do I really need it? But it looks it looks really cool, which I appreciate. I love the look of it. And I think it has like the inbuilt like cable management, which I could actually use because this kind one doesn't. So if we can hide the cable, uh, it'd be a much more elegant solution. So I think I might buy one, honestly. Um, maybe keep this one as a backup just in case, you know, that's always yeah. good to have a backup. Remember when like these things sold out and you couldn't even like buy a microphone arm like during peak pandemic. So Bro. maybe it's probably smart to have it. But yeah, they sell so much cool stuff. But uh, this, the, the deck and stuff, that was something I completely said I do not need. I looked at it and went... Well, it looks a little bit like nicer, movable face plate, I guess. But like, hey, I got one of these things, has the same amount of buttons, does the, I press the button and it does yep. the thing. That's it. If anything, like I, w I was thinking about getting that XL version. So if they released yeah. like a new XL, I maybe I'd get that. So I have that and I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Actually, I actually have two set up to this one computer. The thing is, I think um, th they made a really excellent product and I don't think they know how to make it better. Yes. I feel like they're like, oh, it's really good. Let's just make a removable faceplate. We need to come out with something. And I don't know. To be honest, I can't sit there and look at this thing and go, I can think of a whole bunch of things they could do better either. I mean, I might be able to come up with one or two things, but like in general, it's so good already. And I think you're going to see some of these some of these companies that make really good products are having a hard time iterating on them. And that includes the big guys. I think Samsung this year, hopefully with their foldables, will be able to do that with a new fold series of phones. Um I don't know how much Apple is going to be able to pull off with the new iPhone. I mean, based on what we do know about it, it doesn't sound that exciting. The <laughs> the MacBooks sound interesting. The M1. Yeah. So where are we at now with the M1X? Like, what, what do we think? At this point, we're going to be so far into the year that, like I said before, M1X is going to be so close to the M2. I almost feel like one's going to eat into the other. I don't know. What do you think? I think they're two different products and, you know, the average person might go and go, oh, M2 is here. I don't need M1X. But I think M1X is going to be geared towards professionals. It's going to be better on multi-core and GPU. And that's what professionals want. M2 will be faster in single core. But at the end of the day, if you're a professional, you're going to want M1X. Maybe at that point you think, oh, maybe I'll wait for M2X. But after this long wait, I think the demand is just there that that's not even an issue for Apple. I think they don't have to worry about it. They see the demand that's out there for these next level of professional laptops and desktops. Um, but the, uh, M1X stuff, the, you know, I think we just heard today that, uh, they're going to come out between September and November, which makes sense to me. I don't think these are going to be announced at the iPhone event. I feel like that's a, an own, its own event for Apple at this point. Cause they can just do one event, one month, one event the next month with these virtual events. So I would say October or November or November, probably for these M1X machines. And, um, they're sounding good. One one of the rumors that I was happy to hear about is that one of the reasons why these were delayed is because they didn't have enough mini LED displays to go into them. And that's one of the big upgrades I'm looking for uh, ever since this iPad Pro came out. I think that would be really nice on the desktop. It's actually something I'm looking in uh, for PC monitors right now, and they are prohibitively expensive to get this technology. But Apple can make enough of these displays, and they have that economy of scale to get it in at a reasonable price point. I think this is going to be a nice big display technology for them going into their computers. And um, other than that, though, you know, it's the same story, you know, uh, faster multi-core GPU, more RAM. And, uh, you know, the laptop's supposed to have more ports, maybe get like a new redesign. So these are sounding like really nice laptops that people are just 
getting upset about because they just want them here now. They want to buy them. They've been waiting for ever since the M1 came out last November. So now they have they have they had to wait a full year to get this upgrade to these uh, bigger laptops. And people are just fed up with waiting at this point. It's kind of crazy how like how much are oh, you muted? Yeah, I, I've been talking about this for a little bit, and I think that the problem is that as soon as the M1 came out, I feel like everyone was immediately like, oh man, I can't wait till that next one comes out. And they're like, bro, this one just came out. Just Can yeah. we slow down? I really felt like immediately one of the first thing people said was, I can't wait for the next one to come out. And um, I that... So good, good for Apple to make them hold off. I'm sure it's not what they wanted to do, but it is what it is. I feel like it, 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 this is the thing we had these people. Should I wait? Should I wait? Well, now you shouldn't have waited. You should have already bought the thing. Now, now I guess you might as well wait. Like you're almost at the point of no return unless you can get a stupid good deal. There've been some pretty good deals lately too, actually. Yeah. Um, I think I saw the MacBook air with M one on sale, not all that long ago. And, uh, have you seen it? What, what have you seen? I mean, obviously, I've seen, no, I've seen the Air go for 900 consistently at third-party retail sites. I've seen the Mac Mini go to like 600, like like really good deals on both of those products. If you're going, oh, the M1 MacBook Pro uh, recently dropped to like 200 dollars below the price of what it normally sells at. So there's been like killer deals on these products. It's just that, unlike an iPhone or even an iPad, kind of. These machines are meant to do different things. Like I, I love the M1. It's fast enough for me, but I get how maybe someone who's, you know, pushing these things a little bit more, uh, there's bottlenecks there that they definitely couldn't get over. I think a large segment of my audience who watches my stuff is probably over purchasing these things unless they're really in doing similar things to me or, or, or <laughs> more than me. Uh, but I think they're just more, they just, you know, they want the best kind of thing, you know, that type of person, they want the best. Maybe they want the mini led display. Maybe they think they need more memory or they need more CPU power. Uh, I try to tell people, I'm like, I think an, the M one, um, if you really need a product now, you know, Basically, Travis, I had people in my videos coming in and I said, I made a video saying, buy an M1 Mac if you need it right now. If you need mm -hmm. it now, you should just buy it. You should stop like playing this game of waiting. Here mm -hmm. are the reasons why you should buy it right now. These new you know, computers are going to be more expensive than you probably think they're going to be. And the M1, I bet you won't even hit its limits. And I had like students coming in going, I'm going into my first year of college and I was trying to wait for the M1X, but I just bought the M1. And it's like, you're a student. You yeah. like, I can't think of many students who are gonna push into what the M1X can do. Like the M1 right. is the machine for you. That is the perfect machine. Yep. So there's a lot of people who I think are potentially gonna overbuy for what they need. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to sway those people if that's if that's the machine they really, if they want the best and they plan to keep it for a while. Maybe that is the right choice for them. I don't know. It's, it's that's hard. if you that's if you want a laptop. Like, don't forget about the um, the uh, Mac Mini. Which, yeah, the Mac Mini and all that like, stuff. If you yeah. get the Mac Mini, like I've seen the Mac Mini on sale for like five fifty, I think uh, from yes. the refurbished. Like that's ridiculous. There's no reason that you shouldn't pick that up if you've been looking to get into like having an Apple kind of uh, computer of some sort. That's a dumb price. That's a dumb good price. Is what I like to call it. I call it dumb good. You ever heard of dumb good before? 
Uh, refurbished right here. Refurbished Mac Mini with the eight core CPU GPU, which is the not even the base. That's the that's the next level up. Which the two fifty six storage um, is five eighty nine on Apple's website for their refurbished. Which uh, you've bought some refurbished stuff from them, right? Yeah, I just uh, you can go <clears throat> check out my channel. I have a review. Of, I got a refurbished MacBook Air for eight fifty. Yeah, and just just for the people who didn't see it, what, your general experience with it is what? Feels like I got a brand new computer in a box that didn't have the picture on it. Honestly, so let's be clear about <laughs> let's be clear about like refurbished stuff. So, yeah. um, I, first of all, I bought refurbished stuff for years. I've always had good success, but a lot of times, what refurbished actually means is it's an open box for most for most places. Like you go to Best Buy or something like or something like that. It's, like, it's not really refurbished. But Apple's, I believe that they actually are doing kind of like they're getting it. They're actually checking it out. They're doing some stuff. I believe that they are doing that um, because they're giving you the same like warranty and everything. And it'd be stupid them for them not to do that. So it seems to me that these are actually really good deals because you're getting them from Apple. I assume that if you order it from the website that you could take it into the store and have no problems like getting things looked at or whatever. So some of these just look like stupid good deals uh for 589 for the 256 and um the wait they have two here that's interesting they have one that's 759 i don't understand this it's the same specs 256 256 so i don't understand why one is 759 and, they both and one's m1 589 they're both m1 a core a core one's 759 one's 589 we'll get the 589 one because i don't understand what that's all about storage maybe <clears throat> same storage no they're both they both say 256 Interesting. I'm, I'm kind of confused by this, but at any rate, you know, for under 600 bucks, if you don't need a laptop, you just need a desktop or something, bro, bro, bro. You know what I mean? Like crazy. Um, I think, I think the thing is like this whole wait for the next thing. Um, that's always going to be a thing. There's always going to be someone that says you need to wait. You need to wait. You need to wait. If something just comes out and there is a good deal for it, then that is the right time to buy it. It's not to go, oh, I'll wait for the next one. Um, it's just, if, if that's what you need, just get it. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes it's hard to break, like, preconceived notions of, like, what you need. I think the M1 was a game changer in kind of uh, boosting up these entry-level products to be more of a fit for maybe people who used to be in that mid-range group of, you know, the MacBook Air was too weak for them and they needed to get a bigger system that was probably overpowered for them, but they just really couldn't do what they needed to do on the MacBook Air. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten like buying advice. Like my uncle uh, recently asked me, he's like, you know, uh, what should I get one of these new M1 laptops? And I said, absolutely, you should. And he's like, what do you recommend? I said, you should get the MacBook Air. And he goes, oh, well, I currently have a MacBook Pro. I want the MacBook Pro. And I'm like, trust me, you should get the MacBook Air. You know, my uncle's not like, you know, video editing or stuff like that. I'm like, you should get the MacBook Air. He took my advice. He got the MacBook Air. He said he loves it. He said, you know what I mean? Like, so it was, I knew what he needed. I made the recommendation there. I knew the Pro would be overkill for what he was doing. And the Air was going to be the best choice for him. So that's kind of like where we're at. And I can get like, if, you, if you've like been following Apple for a long time, and you went to go buy a MacBook Air five years ago, and you're like, ah, that can't, that's not going to be enough for me. You're probably right, but today, it's probably more than enough for you. Like, 
the amount of content creators who have like bought a MacBook Air and just did like their entire like video editing workflow on it, doing like 4K and color grading and all this stuff. And the fact that they're telling you it like kept up and didn't slow down at all. Like that's all you need. I know people hate it when like, oh, why do you mention video editing? I don't do that. And it's like, but you don't understand. That's like something that kind of tests everything this has from CPU to GPU. Uh, so you can really take those people's words for it when they say that this system was fine for them. And the, the M1, it's just a, it's a paradigm shift of what you need. M1X is going to be there for the people where the M1 isn't enough. But I, I really feel like 95% of the people out there, you get the M1, you're probably going to be fine. Well, the big thing this year is that the central, the, the CPU was exactly the same between the Pro and the Air this year. Like there was no difference. I mean, I think there was a couple of, one I think had more, one more GPU than the other, but there never really was yes. any kind of real difference there. So the performance was very small between the two, unlike other years where you might say, well, the Air is one thing and the Pro is the other. Like yeah. it's, the, yeah, like there was a difference. <clears throat> like here, the difference was so small that unless there was something specific that the Pro had, which I don't even know what that would be. Um, there was very little reason to kind of make that next step. Um, having said that, you know, with the newer M1s, Xs and stuff coming out, I think that's where you'll start to see the, the big difference. Yeah, and I'm actually going to talk about this maybe in a video tomorrow. Um, the M1X machines are going to kind of have this same problem. I don't really know if it's a problem uh, that the M1s have. And... Traditionally, when you go to buy a desktop versus a laptop, we're expecting this M1X to be in like the next Mac Mini, the next MacBook Pro, and the next iMac. Traditionally, you expect to get a desktop system and you would expect it to have a power advantage. With the M1, we saw that Apple put that into the iMac, which tells me that this M1X chip, it is going to be the same chip that is in this bigger iMac and the MacBook Pro. Meaning that at least for Apple, the days of you needing to go out and buy a desktop to get the most powerful system is just going to be a thing of the past with the exception of whatever that Mac Pro is. That's rumored to be like a tier above that. But if you're in the market for an iMac and a MacBook and you're thinking, I'm going to get the iMac because it's more powerful, I think that's never going to be the case again. I think that Apple's going to kind of stick to like a three chip strategy the base level M1 or M2, then you got the M1X, and then whatever they decide to call whatever special version that Mac Pro has, that's it. Like these are all going to have the same specifications and the same exact power for those tiers. And I think it's kind of like interesting that for Apple, you really just have to decide on form factor, not on power and not how much memory this thing can have because each computer in its class is gonna be exactly the same it's it's interesting like that's really weird when you think about it I, I think that was the biggest problem this past time is like trying to figure out what the differences were between them and the reality is the performance was almost exactly the same they needed to kind of spread this out and have more processor options for this to kind of shape up i think in a way that makes sense so um, yeah, someone in chat's also saying that it looks like the other one was the 16 gigs of RAM was the difference, the 759 versus the 589. So that's still a pretty good deal. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I did see a couple questions I wanted to get to, yeah. and there's a couple that piled up as we were going through this. All right. Uh, someone said, uh, John said the MacBook Air has a dimmer screen and less battery life. That is true. Um, 
it's not a huge difference though. I will tell you that like the screen brightness isn't a huge difference and the battery life too. I've never done like a full battery drain test. Cause I kind of feel like that's kind of like inauthentic to how you would use the device. Yeah. I got to say, I really don't notice like, Oh, that MacBook pro had two extra hours of battery life. Cause it's like the battery is just kind of good on them. Like you really don't worry about them. It's kind of like using an iPad at this point where it's like, Oh, the battery's going to get me through the day. I really don't have to worry about it. And then someone, uh, asked, I hope I, I can't see the question, but someone asked if the mini LED displays on the MacBook Pros would only be for watching content. And I think what they mean by that is like to get like that 1600 nits of peak brightness, mm. you do have to be watching HDR video. Like if you were to raise the screen brightness on the display, it wouldn't get to 1600 nits. Like it's not like, oh my God, you go outside and it's 1600 nits of max brightness. Uh, the reason that is, is because in HDR video, say if you have like the sun in the video, that one spot, because they can control it with the mini LED, that would be your 1600 nits of peak brightness in that sun area. And then the rest of the screen would be at a different brightness level. That's how you get high dynamic range. The screen showing different brightness levels in different areas. Uh, so yes, it will probably only be for HDR content, but that means watching video, playing games, or like editing that content. So that's really where you need HDR. If you're if you're like looking at a web browser, you don't need HDR. It wouldn't it really wouldn't make sense unless there's HDR content. You know, what I mean, like you can't like do like, hey, the text on this website looks great in HDR. It's just it's just white and black text, you know. Yeah, it, it is really meant for media, whether it be gaming yes. or or videos. So yeah, the the you know when you hear about display technology, it it only really affects people that are consuming media of some sort, whether it be video games or or video. Photoshop. I'm not sure you'd want your screen to get to like 1600 nits of like full brightness. Uh, super bright, uh, super bright. Like our <laughs> TVs can even get that that bright, and sometimes I'm blinded. I watched uh, Loki uh, all the way through the other day. And there were some scenes that were, you know, some fairly bright uh, explosions and stuff, which was pretty dope. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to watch HDR and Dolby Vision content on e either an OLED or a mini LED display. It's there's nothing like it. It's just amazing. Yeah, out, outdoor content for brighter screen as well. Yeah, um, but you know, phones are pretty good about that nowadays. Remember back in the day when you literally could not have a phone that would work outside because they were so bright, <clears throat> like you couldn't see yeah. anything. No, I, th I think, um, I mean, yeah, having it be brighter for outdoor use, I, I still think like these next MacBook Pros, they'll probably be the same as the iPad Pro screens, honestly. So it'll probably be 600 nits like during normal use, which is a lot. I think the current laptops only get to, they get to 500 max. So it'll be a little bit of a boost there. Uh, but if you start running that screen at like 1600 nits all the time, maybe outdoors, it's okay because it's super bright out there. But then you'll run into like other issues of maybe it over it'll probably overheat putting out all that light. So that's probably something Apple wouldn't want to do. And then I'm sure the battery life would be absolute trash <laughs> at that point. Yes, um, for <laughs> sure. I think it's important to to understand that um, some technology over time uh, ages more gracefully than others. I keep talking to my friend <coughs> about one of the only pieces of technology that doesn't age badly, which is speakers. Like 
yep. you know, actual speakers, like the technology behind speakers doesn't change too much. And it's really interesting because you can have some great sounding speakers that someone bought 20 years ago and use them now in a surround sound system and it sound amazing. Whereas like even the amplifier, the television, like the cables, everything else about it has changed. But the speakers themselves, the technology behind them hasn't changed so much that they sound so much better with the newer technology. Now, smaller speakers do, but in general, speakers is a technology that just kind of sticks around and, and just, it works. Every, almost everything else that you buy has like a, 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 a dead date, like a drop dead date where it becomes obsolete. So, you know, no matter what you're buying, just always understand that there's a time by which you're probably going to need um, to, uh, to replace it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So anything else that we need to cover before we, uh, before we head out of here, somehow we spiked in viewers. I don't know how that happened. What did we do? Mm. <clears throat> we hit mm. something. We were doing some cool things. If you're new here, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the audio podcast, of course you got to make sure you leave us a cool, uh, comment. You can send us an email or whatever, but also rate us on, uh, Apple, um, Apple Podcasts because let's check that. that. You know, let's. We've been telling people to rate us on Apple yeah. Podcasts, and I got to be honest. You know, what do uh, we got? I haven't checked in a little bit, so let me let me see. We got any notable reviews? I should call out on uh, the GadgetCast Apple Podcast. Maybe if you leave us a review, I'll remember to read this next week, and I'll give you a shout out. Look at this. I think this is new May tenth. That seems more recent than some of the other ones I've seen. Mm -hmm. This is from JSLA dash dash one. Mm -hmm. Travis and Greg are great. Yes. They are enthusiastic about tech and they keep it real when companies miss the mark. Oh, right. we're keeping companies accountable. They uh, they say, keep up the great work, you two. Five stars, Travis. Can you believe it? Love it. We it's got Goggle Boy 3. Great, guy, <laughs> great guys with great info by Goggle Boy 3. <laughs> Five stars. Thank you, Goggle Boy 3. We got Pro Diablo 6-6. Just two sixes, though. Hmm. Uh, this is a good one. As occupants of interplanetary craft, <laughs> these spacemen have the ability to form and transmit through energy far beyond the norm. There is the occasional rough takeoff, but the nature of their <laughs> contact with Earth's pod people is always friendly, <clears throat> engaging tech talk encounters. Thank you, Pro Diablo 66, for that. That's the best review That's so a, far. I I've never say. heard anything good. so eloquent in good. my life about our podcast. Oh, wait. Hold on. I got to read this one. I never do reviews, but Greg said he would read it on the podcast. So here you go. And Oh, I never do reviews, but is their name. So I, I did read it on the podcast. <laughs> I got to it eventually, but they gave us four stars, not five. So, you know, why don't you? I, I never do reviews, but why don't you go ahead and redo that? Leave us a five star because I read it. I think. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Some podcast reviews on the Apple podcast section. Go ahead, uh, drop some reviews, and I'll give you a shout out on the next show. I'll remember to do it. I'm going to write it down. <clears throat> He's going to make sure that unlike most of the time when he drops the ball, he does not drop the ball. I think it's better when we wait. We got a couple of good ones that I didn't see. I like those. Yeah. No, those, those are great. I love those. Um, all right. Well, for those of you listening on the podcast, of course, we'll be around again soon. Uh, people that are here in chat. YouTube.com slash GadgetCast. We're probably doing a little bit of a, a post show, you know, as we sometimes yeah. do, hang out for a little bit, hang out with our peeps. And uh, listen, we appreciate everyone for joining us. Of course, as always, he's Greg. I'm Travis. This is GadgetCast. See you next week.